This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, David Moore, and I'm joined this evening by the usual suspects of Andrew Greasley and Tom Ward. We're also joined by a very special guest. Tonight's guest started his career at Aberdeen. He was a youth player there, and after spells at Four for Athletic, A United, and Falkirk, he finally made the move to the Sky Blues in 2019. Since joining, he has been an absolute rock in Coventry's defence and barely put a foot wrong during the promotion winning season. Featuring 40 times in all competitions, he scored two goals, but most importantly, played a key role in all of the squad's 17 clean sheets. I'm, of course, delighted to welcome onto the show Michael Rose. Evening, Michael, uh, and thanks for taking the time to sort of share your Sky Blue story with our listeners. Evening. Uh, yeah, not a problem. Uh, happy to do it. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. And I'm sure our listeners out there are just really keen to hear about this season. But I want to sort of start off with something that they might not know about, which is sort of how your career started, if you like. Um, Just want to sort of rewind and um, sort of how your sort of upbringing was was as a football fan and and what sort of got you interested into football. Um, Just from a very young age, I've um, I've always liked football. Um, I've got three older brothers, so they were obviously always going to the football and, and watching Aberdeen. So it was kind of just like I just followed in that step. Um, so yeah, and, and that was always my dream was to play for Aberdeen. To be honest, growing up, was there any sort of players that you modelled yourself on at all? Um, like worldwide players, I, I loved watching like Ronaldinho and Zidane. Even though that's probably quite far away from what I do, but. Um, them too, I just loved watching them too. But um, sort of locally, there was a, a guy called Russell Anderson at Aberdeen. He was a defender and the captain. And at the time, that's he was sort of like Mr. Aberdeen, if you would call him. Um, so he was one, especially now because he was a centre-half, he was one that I used to always try, you know, watch and take bits out of his game, for sure. And tell us a bit more about your youth career, Michael, because you, you played for three different clubs, didn't you? Um, yeah, so I started off at Aberdeen as a obviously a youth level. I could probably, from when I can remember, I'd say when I was around about eight, eight or nine. Um, I was there until probably around about since I was about twelve years old, and I actually I actually got released. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can actually still remember it to this day, um, and I was absolutely devastated. Mm. Um, just obviously a young kid thinking, you know, just all the, the usual stuff, thinking that that's that's the dream over sort of thing, um, and what I was going to do and stuff like that. And I just went and played with like a local local boys club with my mates um, called Lewis United. I had a couple of seasons playing there, just not really thinking of of it really, just playing and trying, you know, just trying to enjoy football. 
And then I remember I came home one day from school and um, my dad says, oh, Aberdeen want to re-sign you again. Um, they've been watching you at your boys' club and they want to take you back. So I had, a, I think it was a trial game against Hearts. Um, and I actually, I think I played a, the year above myself, actually, which was quite strange because mm. I was just, it was just like a, a trial game, but I was actually playing the year above. And um, I actually, I remember, I remember it to this day. I, was, I played really well. And then after the game, they said, yeah, we're going to, well, offer you a new deal again. So it's just sort of changed my whole mindset again because I kind of thought that that was like, Mm. it was kind of gone if you know what I mean yeah um so then yeah they, and then that was it I was back in and I think that when I re-signed it was I think that was two years before you go full-time or or sign a professional contract um I think I was about 14 or 15 maybe so then again obviously that in that two years it was just basically to do what you can to try and get um try and get that contract that everyone wants mm. when they're 16 years old yeah and through your youth career, were you always a defender, or had you sort of tried out some different positions? Uh, no, I always, I always actually played further forward. Um, okay. Believe it or not, I was, um, I was always uh, in centre mid, or even, even actually even a bit further forward than that. Um, it was actually probably when I when I went to the boys' club, I played more defensively at that stage. But then it was quite strange because then when I went back to Aberdeen. I was still kind of in and out of midfield and defence, sort of back and forth. But I think when it when it properly stuck to when I went back um, to obviously defence was when when we went full time. Mm. You know, because obviously it's like it's professional. You're training every day, and you sort of it's like comes to that point where you're like, right, you know, stick down a position and and work at it really. Um, so yeah, that um, I, I played centre mid a few times. What was it like going on loan to Forfa, Michael? Uh, how did this help your development? Um, it was it was definitely something I wanted to do. Um, yeah. I was always going in uh, to the manager all the time because we it, the squad at Aberdeen. I don't nobody really down here would probably know, but it was really strong. Um, mm. A lot a lot of good players in that squad. Looking back now, like a few of them have went on to play at like really big clubs. Yeah. Uh, so it was really hard for like young play- for us at the time. We were playing in Europe as well. So it's, when you're young, you think, "Oh, I should just be playing," you know that kind of mindset yeah. until you actually understand football. So I needed to get out and play. So yeah, the the fourth thing came about. Um, at the time, it was perfect for me. Um, it's quite strange though because it it actually probably didn't go as the way I wanted it to go, but that was probably a good thing because um, it just opened my like opened my brain to like. A, what football it can be like. In and, what way did it not go the way you wanted it to go, Michael? Well, we, we weren't, we didn't really win any games. Okay. Um, it was just really, it was just, it was quite tough mentally. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was just first team football. Mm. So, like, like me sitting here now, looking back at it, it was, it was definitely something I needed because you can play youth football like all the time, and it's like, mm. it's. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It is good, but it's it's nothing compared to what it's like playing in a first team game. So just to get that sort of experience was uh, was perfect for me. But I wouldn't like it. It wasn't a good loan in that sense. But hmm. overall, when I look back, um, it definitely benefited me. Yeah, there's no substitution for playing first team games, is there, Michael? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely at that stage, because I would have just been sitting, obviously, up on the bench in Aberdeen, or even getting left out of the squads and stuff. Um, and playing uh, youth football, so it was it was definitely something that I needed to do, and I'm like looking back now, it was, I'm glad I'd done it definitely. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Aberdeen earlier in the podcast, and you, obviously your brothers are big fans of Aberdeen. What was it like making your debut for your boyhood club? Um, yeah, it was it was a bit a bit up and down to be honest. Um, obviously, yeah. first and foremost, realizing that I was making my debut was was it was it was actually quite strange. I, I I thought I handled it differently than I would. I thought I thought at the time I was going to be like, oh I can't believe it's happening sort of thing. But yeah. I don't know, I just I just kinda of felt like because I was obviously training with them and in around the squads, it was just like I just thought it was just gonna happen in a it's that kind of weird way. Yeah. I don't think you realise until you actually go on the pitch and you know you're playing, you're like, Jesus I'm you know what I mean? I'm, I'm making my debut here. Yeah. Um, was was it sprung on you, uh, Michael? Yeah. Was it sprung but, uh, on you, Michael, or did you know a few like days before? No, I, I knew a, 
a few days before. I think it was yeah. the, the game was a the game was a Friday night. Okay. Um, so we done. I think it was we done shape. I think oh, when was it? I think we done shape on the Wednesday. I think it was. Mm. And obviously, and then again the next day, and I was in the, the starting eleven both times. So I think I had a pretty much had a rough idea, but. The funny thing is that the manager never once came up and told me, like, mm. you're making your debut until it was the day of the game. So um, I still I still was quite wary about it because you, you just never know what can happen when you're a young boy. Um, but no, like, it's definitely something I'm I'm proud that I've done. But um, I probably wasn't really as happy as how it went. But it, for me, I can still say that I've, I've made my debut for my, my boyhood club. When you signed for Air United in 2016, you made 88 appearances there. Was that a time that you felt settled at a football club? Um, was it an enjoyable experience? Yeah, yeah. overall, yeah, definitely. Um, I actually found it quite tough the first season um, when I first moved down to Air. Um, I wasn't actually playing. I was sort of in and out. And funny enough, I was actually, when I was playing, I was playing centre mid. So it was... It was kind of different for me because I wasn't I hadn't played centre mid in first team football. It was all always youth team if I ever did. Um, so that was actually quite different for me. So the the, the first year I actually kind of struggled a wee bit and I uh, found it quite hard because I moved away from home. Um, was pretty much living by myself. Um, but again, going back on like this sort of fourth thing, it's it's something that that helped me because it kind of just grew up and matured and you know like on the pitch and off it. Um, and it was actually a disappointing season, the first season I was there, but then the, the two years after that was um, was brilliant. Um, obviously, the, the second season we won the league and then we managed to get into the playoffs in the championship, which a lot of people did not expect us to do at all. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, the, the first season actually was tough, but I think, again, it, it helped me a lot for going into the next two years. Uh, yeah. And then you signed for Coventry, of course. Um, you signed on a pre-contract agreement in 2019. Um, what did you sort of first hear about this? How did it come about? And, and what excited you about the move? Um, when I first heard about it was... Um, I, I think it was round about October time. It was... I think it was just just my agent. Like, I was... I knew I was, we were actually having a really good season. Not just only me, but there was a lot of good young players we had at air. Um, yeah, they were in, in kind of the same position as me, you know, just getting that first team football and like just kind of just showing what we can do. Um, so there was a lot of, and the, luckily for me, there was a, we had a striker called uh, Lauren Shankland who was scoring scoring loads of goals and was, yeah, just scoring every week. So there were so many teams coming to watch him. So I sort of kind of just took advantage of that, to be honest, and because I, I knew I knew every week there was going to be clubs coming to watch in our games because of him. Um, so it kind of actually helped. Right, but, um, but yeah, I never really heard much any, of anything. But then I think it was around about October. My agent says, "Oh, Coventry have been have uh, came to a couple of games, and obviously I think they came to watch Lawrence to start with." <laughs> um, but then they they obviously liked me, and so they just kept coming. Um, and they just came every every single week, and yeah, it was just kind of we just had momentum, and I had momentum as well. I was just really confident, just playing really well. So I just I felt. You know, confident going into every game, and I wasn't really—I wasn't actually that phased with teams coming to watch me. To be honest, um, we were just—we were just playing really well. Um, and then I think it was—we played. I think we played. Uh, I think we played Dungeon United away, because at the time I think what um, Coventry were saying like they wanted to see me getting tested against right. obviously one, of the, one of the top teams in the league. Sure. And Dungeon United were at the time were the, obviously the biggest club in the championship at the time. Okay. So we were playing we were playing away to Dungeon United. So then my agent says, right, um, Coventry are coming back to watch you tonight. Um, this will kind of be his marker for what's what's going to happen. Um, and we ended up winning five 0 which um, probably surprised everyone, even us, to be honest, because um, they were obviously the biggest club in the league and favourites to go up and all that sort of stuff and. Yeah, Lawrence had a, had a good night that night, which helped. Um, which it helped sounds us. like it wasn't. It sounds like one of those games where there probably wasn't an awful lot for the defence to do. So I'm hoping they must have seen something that <laughs> night, Michael. Yeah, well, that, that's like looking back even now. I've, I kind of joke about it now. I, I don't even think personally I, I played brilliant compared to the other games when Coventry came to watch. But obviously, it's just the fact you're playing the best team in the league. You go and beat them five 0 and you know what I mean. They've already been watching you a few times. So exactly. I think that, that kind of just 
you know, like tick the box really. And then after, I think it was just a couple of days after that, then the 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 um they just said, yeah, well, once the once the window opens in January, they'll they'll offer something, and and, and they did. And um, did you know much about Coventry and sort of the history before joining? And did you know much about sort of League One football as well? Um, I definitely knew knew about Coventry, yeah, because obviously they're a massive club. They've played in the Premier League and they've had obviously so many top players play play for the club. So you always knew, you obviously know, um, you know, the, the size of the club. Mm. Um, but I didn't know much about League One, to be honest. Um, but when actually when I was at Aberdeen, there was a a couple there was a like Willow Flood was there who also played for Coventry. Oh yeah, so yeah. Just like you know, just from through like just you know sitting in the county and talking with stories. And obviously at the time, me not thinking anything of it because this was a few years before I, I came. But just hearing stories like that and of how big the club is and stuff. Um, but so yeah, I always I knew that I was it was something that was like really good for me, and obviously the way how they you know like develop young players and stuff like that it just fitted me perfect. Mm. But on the league one thing, no, I didn't didn't know much about league one in England to be honest. Um, it was something totally new to me. Um, so that that was obviously exciting coming down and going into that. And was it was it a difficult decision to sort of move down to an English club? Uh, to be honest, no, not really. Um, I've always wanted to play in England. Um, I didn't obviously. I probably wouldn't have imagined it to be this quick. Mm. I probably thought I would have had to play, you know, like the top league in Scotland, and then move down through that way. But um, but no, like when it when it came about, like it was it was quite an easy decision to be honest. Because um, at, at the time, I think uh, Dundee United were um, offered me offered my deal as well. And they, um, obviously, uh, back in Scotland, but like it was, it was, nah, it was a no-brainer for me. I was, I was always going to come down to Coventry. Talk us through arriving at the club, Michael, and having your first pre-season here. Um, what was that like, and and how did the lads welcome you? Um, it was, it was actually really good. It was, it was quite, it was quite easy as uh, to fit in, to be honest. Because yeah, I think, I think we made about, uh, I think it was like six or seven new new signings. Yeah. So there was there was quite a lot of boys in all in the same boat, and um, and we all we all get on really well, as obviously mm. you'll know from from what yeah. people said. So yeah, it was really good for me. It was just obviously I was just kind of going into the unknown. I just didn't really know what pre seasons were like down in England, how different mm. it would be from where I've came from. Um, so I kind of I just made sure that when I got like you know like my my program that you do do your work with you know in the off season. Mm. I just made sure that I'd done done that as much as I possibly could, so I came down um, ready to go, sort of thing. I, like I didn't really take much time off in the summer. I, I went away with, with my girlfriend and my mates, just like just a couple of days. It wasn't like big holidays or nothing like that. Um, just so I, I made sure when I came down, I was I was ready to hit the ground running because I knew obviously there was a lot of people just like saying a few things like, "Oh, maybe coming down and see how he goes in the twenty threes and all that sort of stuff," but. Mm. That was that was never my mindset. I was I was coming down to play um, first team football, and so I wanted to make sure I was giving myself the best chance. So, when training with the lads, what did you think of the standard? Is it is it was it better than what you were you were doing in, in Scotland, or was it uh, par? I would say it was. I would say it was better than air. Um, yeah, but again, it's hard because it air was more. It was sort of different. It was just really young boys just starting their careers. You know, like from. Mm like not played much first team football and just going and playing and there's some really good we had some really good players there um so i, th- I would say it was def- it was definitely a level up from here but on the basis of aberdeen um i don't know because aberdeen's a big club in scotland definitely. And, and like what i'm saying like looking back at the players that we actually had they were they're not like some of them are playing in the english premier league now and and uh obviously like big clubs in scotland um, players that have basically been about, so like that that helped me a lot. Um, because I was also a young boy training with him every single day, and the, the training was intense. So, um, it kind of it probably is maybe on a par with Aberdeen or maybe just below it. But I think it would be different now this season going up, moving yeah. up in the championship. But, um, yeah, it was definitely different for the couple of seasons I had it here 100%. Yeah. And t- taking it back to pre-season, Michael, um, were there any lads that took you under your w- under their wing, and did you quickly become close pals with any of them? Um, to start, it was mostly the the ones that were kind of local. Um, so 
Um, I remember Ben Wilson was yeah was living quite close to me, so we we met up. This was this was talking like right at the start. Um, so we met up a couple of times, but then um, then uh, Big Kyle uh, Fads he actually stays with me a couple of days a week. Oh, um, really? yeah. He still lives in Sheffield, so we got we got really close um, as well. He was staying at mine um, a couple of days a week. So, but like what I was saying uh, earlier, the, we all we all get on so well. So it was like there's never there's not really just ones you just pick out and say, oh yeah, I'm close with him, I'm close with him. We all we all just get on really well. Um, yeah, definitely seems that way to to us fans is that the, the spirit within the club and the, the even with the management and the players looks absolutely unreal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's actually quite shocked me to be fair because when when I was coming down here, obviously I knew I thought it'd be different because the change rooms up in Scotland, especially from when I was at Air, everyone's sort of from like the same sort of area. Everyone's normally Scottish, and you know, like a lot of people are from Glasgow or whatever, mm. not far away. So it's all the same sort of what can I say, like sort of banter, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the same <laughs> sort of like everyone just gets on. Whereas coming down here, you get, you've got obviously people from all over, you know, like foreign players and stuff like that. So it, it can be a bit different. So I was always I was always um, wary about that. But to be honest, it's everyone gets on brilliant. Um, but yeah, the ones right at the start would I would, I would say probably like Kyle, Ben, even like me and Dom get on really well, and Marco as well. Like <laughs> to be fair, all all the, all the boys I could probably rattle off all of them. To be honest, all the back all the back five. <laughs> yeah, the whole back five. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but no, it's a, it is a good group. Um, um, but yeah, like I said, the closest ones probably is uh, probably Fads and Dom because that's the back three. I'll, I'll go with them. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra, and it was obviously a really good start to, to your career against Southend. Um, just what do you remember of that day and your your debut and, and the sort of crowd and, and the match itself? I just um, just wanted to play well, really. Um, I was, to be fair, I was quite confident going into the game because we had a, I felt like I had a good pre-season. Yeah. Um, we all had a good pre-season, to be honest. Um, so just, but just, yeah, like I said before, like just, just going into the unknown, not really knowing what to expect, like standard-wise. Um, but I kind of thought, like, I've been training with, with all the boys now for a good few months and there's good players here. So if I can, if I can handle the training here, then I'll be able to handle the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Um, for, uh, especially when we came out and we seen obviously the, the fans as well because there was probably a lot more there than we probably expected to be honest right yeah uh, which is brilliant because obviously the, the circumstances of playing in Birmingham of course um, but I thought I actually thought we played really well that for being the first game of the season we played some really good football um, but then I, I think I, I think they had a couple of chances near the end of the game that we could have maybe have done better but again that would have probably came came with, with playing together because You've got to remember there was a lot of new signings, so it was all all of us were trying to just work out how we, how everyone plays and and all that sort of stuff. But but no, I, I loved I loved my first game. And it's it's funny you should say that because obviously the style as well that the team's playing would have been new to a lot of um, you know a lot of the players. And a game that we all remember very fondly, and I'm I'm sure you do, is is the night that the Sky Blues travelled down to Portsmouth in August um, and sort of plucked a, a free-all sort of draw and a point out of the, the fire. Um, that equalising goal, Michael, just sort of take <laughs> us through that. And, and yeah, what do you kind of remember from that moment? Because um, you, you kind of really celebrated, didn't you, once that went in? Yeah. Um, no, like... That, that that game was just mental, to be honest. Um, the two red cards. Yeah, I th- to be honest, I, th- I thought we started really well as well. The, like we were, we we actually went down there really confident. I don't think a lot of teams will go down to Portsmouth and be confident because they're they're really strong at home. Um, but yeah, you could just tell we all felt really confident going into the game, and, um, and we started really well. And thinking we went one up, thinking, oh, here we go. But yeah, but also like they do what they did. They got the crowd back up and put us under a lot of pressure. Um, and we, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot that night, to be honest. I think their their goals came from us, um, really, which was which was disappointing. Obviously, everyone just talks about the goal, but I also try and look at the defensive side of it. Yeah, fair. Um, um, being critical of myself and, and stuff like that. But yeah, going when you're obviously when you're nine, uh, two men down, you know what I mean, and you're like you're just kind of thinking, oh, just just shut up, shot, and like you know, just get up the road, sort of thing. Um, yeah. 
like let's let's not try and embarrass ourselves here, but it kind of just went. Everyone just seemed to change, and we just we started to play better um, when we went down to nine men, which was strange. Um, and then just lo- you just always you always know if you just if you get that next goal, then you just never know what's going to happen. And then obviously we got the penalty, and Matty was obviously he's never going to miss a penalty. He slots away, and then you're just thinking, well, we've got nothing nothing to lose here, sort of. And I actually I actually scored before my goal. Um, about five to uh, I think it was five minutes before, but I was offside. Yeah, so, uh, you could you could actually you could sense there was a bit of pressure building. Yeah, the pressure was really mounting, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I think we I think we knew that, and then obviously, to be fair, I was I think it was I was just in the right place at the right time. To be honest, I don't think I'd done anything special. Um, the ball just came in and it just landed it, and I, I managed to shin roll it into the bottom corner. Uh, corner. So, but yeah, once that once that uh, obviously went in, you just such a good feeling you don't even know what to do you just you just go mental because you know the circumstances of the game and you probably go probably go a bit mad as well just knowing of probably how frustrated you are with the goals you conceded if you know what I mean yeah almost and, relief is that yeah, you've got it back to like, a draw yeah that sort of like no one like oh, shouldn't have even put ourselves in this position anyway so that yeah more of sort of a relief that you've kind of bailed yourself out sort of thing um but yeah, definitely, it felt like a win that night. But we got we got taken down, basically saying like, if we want to be we want to be challenging, we can't be conceding goals like that. Um, but I think I, th- I think I said it um, in a different interview. We all definitely learned a lot about each other that night without probably saying much about it. I don't think anyone really spoke about it in that way. But I think we we knew that um, what type of boys we've got in the change room and, and what we what we can do in your view was that sort of the first glimpse of that kind of resolve and sort of nev- never say die attitude that the team obviously had in abundance for the rest of the season yeah definitely because especially for when I was coming and signing um, it was always there was always talk on commentary play like brilliant football and you know they've got this way of playing which is like obviously I've, now I'm here like it, it's it's true like we do we play like a really good brand of football but I don't know. You need that obviously resilience to to win games. That you know when you don't when that football doesn't. Um, you know when you have an off night or stuff like that. You can't you can't obviously expect to just be at that. You can you'll mm. try and do it every single week, but you know what I mean. There'll be the odd occasion, but it won't happen. So then that's when you need to pick up results in a different sort of way. And I think that night was definitely one of them. Um, didn't play particularly well or defended particularly well. But we managed to get something out of the game, and mm. I think I think we did it a few times this season. Yeah, uh, definitely did. Yeah, um, just and I think I think it all came down from that game because it happened so early on. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like we never, it was one of them things. We never sat and spoke about spoke about it. Really, it was sort of. We just, I think it just kind of we just knew. It's like okay, mm. right, we can we can mix it up here. We can we can play really good football, but also when we need to dig in. We can do we can do that side of the game as well, which is which I think is is really important as well because them them games that are are really close and like basically rubbish games. If you can get away away from them with three points or a point, that'll make a big difference mm. uh, coming into the season. Yeah, because then you look at games like Blackpool at home when we were two 0 down, I think, quite early on, and obviously we came back to win three two. But I suppose as players, you're probably thinking, well. You know, it's middle of the first half. We've got all of our men on the pitch. Then, you know, we there's no reason why we can't get a result today from the belief that, that came from you know the night at Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, funny you mentioned that game. I actually think that was probably one of our best performances all season. Yeah, yeah it was um, the Blackpool game. I, I I thought we were brilliant that day, even though we were two 0 down. You're kind of obviously they scored two quick goals. I think it was in like seven minutes, and you're thinking, oh god. Um, but then, like, like yeah, like you said, like as soon as you get just that goal and I think it, uh, Matty scored the first one you, mm. I just you, you just know you're like nah like this like we'll win this game yeah you can just sense from, it just yeah. from the way we play like we just we played really good football that day and we're creating really good chances and um, obviously they put a lot of pressure on Blackpool that day and I think they know that they knew that at the time and um, obviously we got that at the end so it, yeah it's, it's strange because a lot of people probably look at that game and think oh lucky we got away with that but that was probably one of our best performances mm. like as a team, footballing-wise, I think 
after the two goals we absolutely dominated the game and I don't even think they had a chance after that um, mm. which can it just shows you that's like sometimes football goes that way but at that time of the season it was it was a lot of learning as well we were all like I said there was a lot of new signings and a lot of players coming in and out and like some foreign players as well um, so we're all just we're st- you're still in that um, zone of you know learning each other's game and seeing you know in different scenarios um, and again I think that was probably another game on um, kind of par with Portsmouth being 2-0 down and coming back 3-2 mm. you know, we've got we've got that sort of um, resilience in our locker definitely mm. and just going back to the Portsmouth game for one sec um, so obviously I was there on the night and I think we did feel quite outnumbered um, by the Portsmouth fans but just yeah. wondered if on the pitch you know you, that it does make a difference sort of hearing the fans and if, if that gives you the belief to get back into the game oh yeah 100% um no, we 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 hear our fans every single week. Mm. Yeah, definitely, especially away from home. Um, yeah, no, one hundred percent. We we like you sing you sing it all the game. You know what I mean? The away fans here is is a is different class. Um, yeah, I definitely think because you can, even though they obviously have a big home crowd, Portsmouth, you you could hear them getting all nervous, and you know that that can obviously benefit you as a team and also be a negative as well because once. It, we started putting pressure on the kind of turning on their players and you could feel, you know what I mean? You could feel like mm. that sort of nervous energy, which obviously benefits us and obviously our fans are getting up and getting excited and stuff. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, it definitely makes a difference for the players. And all, I think all the boys know that. Like this season, we've always tried to, even at home and away games, like let everyone know that like we appreciate their support and stuff like that mm. after games because... Just even with just let alone the circumstances, you know, playing basically away every single week, we know how difficult it is for everyone, and they still come in their numbers. So we want to try and show that appreciation, and plus put in most importantly put in the performances because that's what fans want. We started the season uh, with a back four, and then we switched to a back three again in a two-one win against Fleetwood in October at St Andrews. What impact did this have on you, Michael? And did, do you feel more comfortable playing in a back three than a four? Um, I wouldn't say it's any more comfortable, but I just think it suited. I think it just suited us as players, yeah. like the type of players that we've got. Obviously, Fanky and uh, Sam are they're really attacking fullbacks, mm. so the wing back role just it suited them down perfectly. And then obviously you've got me, Dom, and, and Fads. Like, well, we we could probably all play across the middle three. It didn't really matter which one was where. Obviously, yeah. but Fads is more, more experienced person, so it would be perfect for him in the middle. He would obviously mm. keep me and Dom uh, right as much as he could, and we would obviously keep him right as much as we could. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think just, yeah, the, for going to that formation, it, I think it just it just suited our, the players we had, and I think the gaffer just kind of noticed it. Um, even in the middle, like we can get, get that, that extra body in the middle. You've obviously had Kells and Walsh, and then whoever was it, was the top two either Shippers or um, Zane or Jamie Allen Kalma here it didn't it didn't really matter much um, it just gave you that extra man in the middle where you could just mm. help us because we like to obviously dominate the ball so it just helped us do that um, so yeah I think just with that formation I think it just suited us um, everyone just felt naturally more comfortable even though probably some of us hadn't even played that formation before when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It definitely looks very balanced that with three at the back because obviously Dom's left-footed, you're right-footed and Fads is very vocal, isn't he? Um, so it, it looks very a good combination, that back three, definitely. Yeah, I don't know about Dom being left-footed, but... <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. 
Occasionally, yeah. He has yeah. to use it sometimes. But uh, yeah. but no, yeah, I think, like I was saying, I think we, if we needed to, we could all probably play any of the back three positions, yeah. the three of us. Um, but but yeah, that was just the, that was obviously the way the gaffer shaped up in that uh, Fleetwood game. And yeah, it just, just stuck ever since. I don't, I, I don't think we, I don't think we got beat in that formation all season. I don't think since that game. Um, I think it was like that. Yeah, we got beat against Shrewsbury, but Shrewsbury, we were actually yeah. we were actually a back four that game. Yeah. Um. So I, I, like you know what I mean? We were unbeaten in that formation, so mm. um, it definitely it definitely worked. And what's it like playing alongside Fads and Hyam? And what are they like as professionals? And also, I know you touched on uh, Fads earlier in, in, in on the podcast. What are they like uh, off the pitch? Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, like as we've got to say, like first and foremost, they're both brilliant off the pitch. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just really good guys. They're down to earth, and just, we all just try and help each other. Like that's, I, I said it at one of the, I think it was the supporters clubs meetings at the start of the season. Like, yeah, we're all we're all pretty similar, but we all we can all help each other if that makes sense. And obviously, yeah, there's the there's the experienced one, um, who will obviously will obviously be more more of the one that will help me and Dom, but. I think we all help each other, um, just which is why I think was why we we done so well as a back three because we were all we all just understood each other's game straight away. We all think probably similar, um, you know, as in as, as in football. Um, so we, we, yeah, we get on really well. We're, we're always like walking about together um, in the training ground and and on the training pitch and stuff. And I think Frank has joked about it a few times saying, "Oh, do you ever?" Do ever leave each other alone, sort of thing? But yeah, we just we're always together, and the good thing as well, we're always speaking about what we can probably do better, which is which is obviously good. Yeah, uh, we're always speaking about different things, and um, you know, in the game, and what we could do better, what could help the team, and stuff like that. So um, I think we all complement each other really well. Uh, and the away win was quite elusive, Michael. It took a little while for that to to happen. But then at Wickham away, something clicked, and obviously another win away to Tramere just a couple of days later. What was sort of, in your view, what was changed from the sort of Wickham game and before that? And what was it like coming away from other away games when you perhaps should have won or or hadn't picked up, you know, three points? And what did it feel like after Wickham? I don't think much changed for the Wiccan game. Um, we obviously knew that um, we hadn't won away from home yet, but we were basically we kind of got in it. Uh, it was like a little routine of winning at home and drawing away, mm. um, and we didn't really think too much of it because we, we knew it would come. Um, yeah. And the good thing for us is we were like, well, we're still as long as we're winning at home and getting picking up points away from home, then you can't really complain. No. Um, but I think I think the big one that hurt us a lot was probably the Oxford game. Yeah. Uh, obviously being two 0 up and probably not really well played well the first half, but not playing well at all the second half. I thought Oxford were actually really good the second half. Um, and then you know being two 0 up and not getting anything, well only getting a point out of the game. I think that was the one that hurt us the most. But yeah, it just gave us more hunger to just go and go and get it. But to be honest, I don't. Th- we never really thought too much of it. There was a there was a lot in the media about it. Um, but it was never it was never brought up in meetings or or anything like that. It was it was more of a case of look, it will come and and when it does come, it will probably come at a very good time. And and I think it did. Obviously, um, that Wicking game I thought were brilliant. Um, yeah. And yeah, we scored some brilliant goals and it was it was good. I think the good the best thing about the Wicking one was they were top of the league at the time. So going going away to there and a lot of teams have struggled going to Wickham this season and. We kind of went there and just dominated the game and won it with a convincing scoreline. So I think doing that, it kind of not only let us believe more, but think about other teams will think, right, okay, they're they're serious this season. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. So that I think I think it was good uh, in that that side of it. I think we all we let everyone know that like like no, we we can we can challenge here, and I think everyone knew that. Yeah, it was um, for the Wickham game. It was quite interesting because I couldn't, when I come away from it, I couldn't really f- understand why they were flying so high. But they're obviously a really difficult place to go to. But I think, like you say, our football that day just it really dominated. 
and they were, they were sort of we were unplayable really, um, and it suited our style really well. Yeah, definitely. When when teams play like the way they do, obviously they make it difficult uh, difficult for you. Um, and probably the worst thing we could have done that day was probably not play football, because <laughs> um, that's what they that's their bread and butter. You know what I mean? That's probably why they were winning a lot of games at home against uh, bigger teams because yeah. teams were probably thinking, right, we're away from home, we'll just set up, be hard to beat. But then I think that kind of plays into Wickham's hands. We just went there and played the way we can play and it just counteracted it. And um, I think that's the best way to counteract teams that, that play that style of football. If you if you keep the ball, then you've got to dominate the game, and which I think I think we did it perfect, uh, perfect on the night. And the Rochdale... Um game was obviously your second goal of the season there was a headed headed goal we started obviously with massive confidence that day and, and, and took the lead just talk us through that goal and I suppose the game itself yeah no um I was obviously I was delighted to score um I think the keeper did me um a good favor there um <laughs> couldn't I don't think I could have missed it but um no while she put in a brilliant ball and like that's like when you get like um, quality like that. I you, you don't really need to do much. Do you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. just need to make sure it's on target. Um, so yeah, I was delighted to score because that's one thing I was. That's one thing that was going on before. Like me, Dom, and Fads were speaking about. We're we're wanting to get a lot more goals and try and and you know get goals from all over the team um, and not just making it rely on Matty or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was. Going into a lot of games, thinking now oh, I'm wanting to try score and be more of a threat because I know I can be. Um, yeah. So no, I was delighted with that, and then to be honest, yeah, we from what I can remember, we started really well that day. Yeah, really um, fast. Yeah, we started really well, and then I think it was like after about 20, 25 minutes, they just, they came more in the game, but they didn't. I don't think they did, did really much. They they play a lot of good football. To be fair, to Rochdale. Yeah. Um, they try and sort of play the way we play. Yeah. Um, and they're actually they're actually quite good at it. They're actually good at um, what they do. Um, but I don't think they created too much against us. I, I still think we were comfortable in the game. I think that's probably why it maybe looked like um, we weren't in control. If that makes sense, like yeah. But on the pitch, we probably felt that we were we were all right. But from I do remember at halftime, uh, Ad Ad made it clear that like like no nah, like we need to change sort of thing. Um, in his politest way he can <laughs> um, but no he was he was right because like the end of the day if we're calling you know what I mean we if we're wanting to be up there we we should be dominating games like this and was that but, sort of stuff you on the training ground you, you said about the want of trying to score more goals was that something that you worked on in, in training yeah yeah definitely we worked on set pieces we actually worked on set pieces a lot um, just thinking of different things and even like taking short ones and just, just kind of some most of the time just doing it off the cuff, not having not having like a total regiment of what to do. Sure. Yeah, just sort of just just being creative sort of thing, um, because we definitely knew like you, you need a lot of, if you need a lot of goals all over the pitch, um, and and they can help you a lot in uh, in certain games. So we definitely we definitely worked on it, um, a lot. Yeah, Monday to Friday, and it's just. It was, it's a bit disappointing because I think we could have scored a lot more from set plays um, this season. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And obviously as, as fans, you know, we, we tend to get quite carried away. And I know you probably heard us in the stands singing about, you know, winning the league. Probably probably actually not long after your goal at Rochdale. Um, yeah. But I just wondered from the players' point of view, you know, when did you kind of start to feel like we had a genuine chance of not only getting promoted, but actually winning the league? On winning the league, I would probably say, um, what game would it? I would say maybe the Doncaster away. Oh, really? Okay, it's, it's quite early honest, on. It's 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 quite hard to say that because from from day one, the the, the characters that we've got in the, the dressing room, we were all confident. Not not caught, not in an arrogant way. Um, we knew obviously we knew obviously we had to we had to do a lot of hard work, but it was more of like a belief. We, we were, we were always, it was always automatic. There was never, well, then I think that came from the players just putting that pressure on ourselves. Mm. We never, nobody ever once says, oh, oh, we'll try try and get in the playoffs. That was never really a, a talk between us as, as a group of players. It was always automatic promotion. It's like, no, we're going to get automatic. And then obviously if you can do, 
if you can do the one better. But I think so. Right from early early on, it was always automatic promotion, and that was all that was everyone's target, and we were all working towards that. Um, but I think when you properly, when you look back now at the game, I, me personally, I would say the Doncaster game, mm. um, because they they were a decent team, and we went there and it was one of them, just one nil, them type of games that you need. You know that could have could have been a draw or whatever. Um, yeah, I would look back at that and think, right, and we just, you know, you just have that feeling, you just have that momentum as well. And it was that stage of the season, you're thinking, right, if we can kick on from here, we've got a great chance. Mm. But then you obviously, we, had, we went through that that really tough week, was it the three games in a week, where it was, um, I think it was what, Portsmouth, Rotherham, and then Hipswich. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it, that week? Yeah. Um, like, all of them, all of them games were huge. Um, even like, even just the 1-1 draw with Rotherham, I know it's obviously only a draw at home, but just coming out of that, coming out of that week, not getting beat, was massive. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think after, I think after the Portsmouth game, the one 0 because that was it was a rubbish game. It was a horrible game to to probably be in. But coming away from that, just getting the goal near the end, it just make, just gives you that, um, you know, that sort of mental thought of yeah, like right, we can do this here, if if we all apply ourselves uh, properly. And we were all we were all obviously confident in, in everyone's ability because we've got some really good young players. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the Rotherham game because I would say as a fan, I probably felt similar to that equaliser as I did at, at Portsmouth. It felt like a massive goal. I came away feeling like we'd won the game. It, it I think that was a not that it was a turning point because we weren't changing directions or anything, but it felt like a big big moment in the season. I think that that Rotherham equaliser. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, to be fair, after after the game, we, we were a little bit disappointed knowing that we, we could have won that game if we, if we just if we just started that a little bit better. Um, mm. Had prob- sounds strange because we've always had belief, but it just it felt like we were. It was just there was not that much belief, and you, you felt like we needed just that little you know that little kick to go and do it. And because um, I thought I thought we played really well in the second half, and I think the the gaffer mentioned that at half time. He just said look this game's here for you, like just go and just go and get it basically. Mm. Um, we could have we could have nicked it at the end. I think Matt had another brilliant header, just just went past the post. But um yeah, after the game, like obviously we were I wouldn't say we were all happy because we never won the game, but it was more of a focus on right, if we go up switch and get a result then that's a huge point. Mm. Um, we need to back we need to back up with a win. Um at switch uh, obviously which we're done. And did having this sort of game in hand, did that help your mentality at all? Just to know that we had that sort of slight insurance policy of being able to pick up some extra points if we needed them later in the season? Um, I, I don't think much people like game in hands, to be honest. I think mm. you'd rather just the points on the board. Yeah, sure. Um, but it, I think I think it mentally it definitely helped because we were still winning with having that game in hand. So it was like we were, we were actually uh, creating a gap from Rotherham or whoever was third or whatever, uh, you know, from the automatic, and and we still obviously had that game in hand. So I think I think it was more of just like a yeah, like a mental side of things. Like even like teams looking at it, thinking oh they've they've created a gap and they've still got a game in hand mm. that, in that sort of a sense. But I think as as players, you would you would probably rather just have the points on the board, yeah, because um, you never want because you can kind of get into the the mindset of thinking. That that's just a win. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, of course. That's another three points, sort of thing. When, and it can catch up you very quickly, as all we all know in football. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you if you go along thinking it'll be three three points, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourselves when that that game yeah. comes around. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. But I think um, more of a mental side, knowing that we were still winning and really confident, and we still had that obviously that game in hand as well. Yeah, absolutely. And how sort of influential was the influential was the gaffer in terms of kind of keeping you focused on the job and I guess not letting you get carried away as players. Yeah, he was he was brilliant to be honest. He, he never, strangely, never really mentioned it. It was actually actually going back at the halftime at Rotherham from I just remember now he he was like basically saying like oh you're kind of playing as if you there's a lot of pressure on you and you feel like. And he's like, yes, I've not done anything yet. And he says, there's no pressure on you. You've not done anything. Mm. He says, what's the, what's the pressure? He was like, there, there isn't any. You've not won anything. Just kind of taking you back to that, like, 
you know, just changing your mind up like slightly and just thinking differently. Um, there was not real much talk about it. Um, probably because as well, this obviously this what happened in the whole lockdown we still had ten games. Do you know what I mean? So it was yeah, of course. Like if this didn't happen, there was still a lot of football to be played. So there was never any any talk about. It. I think we all just we all just knew we've got a chance. Um, but I think the, the gaffer did a brilliant job in just keeping everyone just level headed. Yeah, like you said, like nobody but nobody got carried away, and that's I think that was a good thing with our changing as well. Nobody did actually get carried away. Mm. We all we all believe that we can do we could do it, um, but nobody nobody got complacent. Um, I think that's probably the right word. And we all just kept doing what we've been doing all season and uh, picking up the results. And what is Mark Robbins like as a manager, Michael? And how does he compare to the other managers you've played under? Um, yeah, he's really good. Um, mm. His man management's really good. Yeah, um, he always so easy to go and speak to and and talk to talk about stuff even stuff off the field um <clears throat> that's probably one of his biggest strengths you can uh, talk to him about anything and he's he'll he'll help you if he can he's obviously he's obviously worked under probably the best manager that's that's been yeah. so uh, i'm guessing he's picked up some stuff from him maybe he has maybe he hasn't i'm not sure but um but yeah since i've came in he's, he's been brilliant with me because well first and foremost he gave me the chance to come down and play in england um which is from somebody from Scotland is, is can be quite hard to do because you kind of get overlooked from, you know, like from being up in Scotland, you kind of need to do a lot. Like in my opinion, you need to do a lot, lot more if you're playing up there to get noticed to get down here rather than somebody that's probably, I don't know, playing non-league or league two down here. Mm. Um, so for him to put that faith in me was, um, was brilliant. And yeah, I think he's, I think he's a, a top manager. We've heard a lot of praise recently, obviously, for ADV Bash as well and his influence on the team and the style of football we play. Um, what are your thoughts as, as, on AD as a coach? Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's top class. Um, he, he opened like, my mind differently to football in that sense. Like, uh, it's hard to explain. Um, he just, he's just, just knows football. He just... He just He's just such a good coach, and he's he's really good at explaining. And yeah, he makes something that could be complicated but simple, if that makes sense. Yeah, what's his sessions uh, like, Michael? Really good, a lot of detail. So yeah. you need to you need to listen audio. You'll catch out straight away. Mm. Um, the good thing with Eddie as well, he doesn't he doesn't mess about. Like he's a no. very good coach, but if like he'll let you know if you're not doing it. Yeah, which which I like as well. Like not scoring from set pieces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. He was always on our case for that. Yeah, but no, he's yeah, he's brilliant. And um, the thing I thought he was really good at as well is is, is half time. Mm. He always he, he would never just come in and shout and blare and anything. It was always detail. It was always he would always tell you something and he would say it and I like you know he would all, it was always calm and it was always right. I always like looking back now. I always felt like everything he said at halftime always seemed to work. Yeah, which I thought was brilliant because he was obviously he'd obviously been sitting and watching the game and seeing how it was panning out and mm. all that sort of stuff. Um. So yeah, to be fair, he's he's definitely took my game to a different level. I think personally, and it helped me as well because he was also a, a defender. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but like I wouldn't say it was even anything, even like, just too hard or nothing it's a lot of good simple stuff but they would just make it just little things that just make your game a lot better mm. um and yeah it's, and the good thing is as well it's not it's not just coaching for like because he was a defender or he's just coaching the back three yeah. or five it's everyone i think everyone's better from him and that's when you know that he's a top coach um and again he's he's a great guy off the pitch he has he has, he has really good banter with the boys about meetings and stuff. Like with mm. the defence, he takes the defence into meetings and obviously he can go through us if we've not done well and he'll, um, or he'll have a, a good laugh and a joke with us as well. But um, huge, yeah, huge respect for him and the gaffer because um, they've, they've, well, they've taken, what, seven or eight new players and we've all managed mm. to play this style of football. So it's, it's not easy to do that in the first season. So that's when you know you're uh, working under... Um, proper uh, top-class coaches. Michael, obviously, 
lockdown was very odd for all of us. But I want to give our listeners a bit of an insight to what it was like as a footballer. What did you do to stay fit and how did you keep in touch with the rest of the squad? And at one point it looked like the season potentially could be voided. How did you feel when that was happening? Um, I think it was just the usual as what you've seen on obviously Sky with all the other teams. Um, we all got we all got programmes pretty much sent out straight away, so you had to just just follow that programme and also had to do questionnaires to, you know, if any symptoms and stuff like that. Um but like what everyone's kind of been saying over these past few months, you can you can only do so much yourself, you know, going and running and like running around the street and all that sort of stuff and doing workouts in your house. Um, it was just all that sort of stuff, and we would go on uh, we would go on Zoom as well with all the boys um, and do some gym sessions and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of just the same as what every other club was doing. Like there's, you're kind of limited to to what you could do. Um, but I think I think for us it was it it wasn't too bad because we we knew we were in a good position, um, so I don't think anyone was panicking too much about it. But yeah, like when you you mentioned the the, the main one probably would have been yeah the the, the null and void because yeah. that was obviously kind of creeping about. Sometimes some people would you know speak about it and stuff like that. And for me personally, that was a little bit of a worry just just because of all the hard work you've done and. The position that we've kind of left ourselves in and you know just not knowing what would what would be um that would have been that would have been really hard to take but i think that kind of the null and void kind of got squashed quite early doors and um, i think the, the league came out and said that wouldn't be an option so it kind of to be honest it kind of left us in a good position but from from even speaking to all the boys like i think we wanted we wanted to get back playing because with so much momentum at the time we just felt like we just wanted to we just wanted to keep playing. Like as soon as a game was finished, we just wanted to play again, you know, as, as quick as we could and get back out there because, you know, obviously football's very good when you're winning. Um, so like we wanted to win it on the pitch because, well, for me personally, I've done that before and there's not a better feeling. Um, so that was like what we wanted, but obviously, like you said, the circumstances we had to it had to be this way. So I'm I'm sure everyone would still take it. Um, we just we just hope as as a group of players and staff that we can we can eventually celebrate with the fans because it's been a been a long time waiting for them. Um, so for it, for them not not to get that sort of celebration, obviously we've seen all the videos of them in the town centre and stuff. And, and to be fair, all the boys were buzzing off it. We were we were loving it, um, wanting to come and celebrate. But obviously the gaffer was like, no, nobody's nobody's going anywhere, <laughs> um, which was annoying. But yeah, it just has to be done. Um, but hopefully when things settle down we can all get a, a proper good celebration with them because everyone everyone deserves it yeah you mentioned fans celebrated videos some people went into the town center um were aware but um how did you celebrate uh, when you found out and yeah just talk us through those sort of emotions i was i was actually just sitting right here where i'm where i'm talking to you is just sitting just sitting watching sky sports and then we we obviously had a uh, we obviously had, had rumours that it was going to be on the Tuesday I think, yeah. it, I think it was the Tuesday yeah um, at 3 o'clock I think it was 3 o'clock I'm not sure but yeah we got a message we actually got a message probably about an hour before it got announced saying that yeah that's it done sort of thing and <laughs> it was kind of strange because like you were just I was just sitting in my house and yeah. just like, it was like alright okay um <laughs> Get on with it, yeah. sort of like sort of just celebrated by myself you know what I mean um, um, if anyone had been watching me they would have been thinking I was a bit strange but um, no I was just to be honest I was just delighted for everyone because um, we've all we'd all worked so hard and to finally be told that like that's you getting promoted and, and the club going back obviously to the championship is, I think just yeah just just delighted because that was the goal right at the start of the season um, so in every the, a lot of people don't realise but you think about it every day do you know what I mean like yeah. every day of training you're always thinking about oh we need to get this we do this and just to finally know that you're going there takes a, a big relief off you um, but yeah it's not it was one of them we, we, we were me and the boys were speaking about it. it's like it doesn't really feel like it's sunk in because you've not really properly done anything yeah so of course like, you don't actually realise right we're actually going up to the championship and now we're 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 probably going to be back in a few weeks 
um, not sure when, of you know for the for the new season. So your your mindset straight on that and getting ready for the championship, which has got to be obviously a very a, a tough league to play in. So it's it's pretty much just switch straight back on. Like okay, yeah, we've won the league. Like well done, sort of thing. Like let's let's, let's change. We're back. Um, you know what I mean? We're back at it, and let's let's see what we can do next year. Mm. And just sort of thinking ahead to the the championship, um, are you excited to play at that sort of higher level? And you know, how much harder do you think it will actually be than than League One? Yeah, um, delighted. Personally, for myself, yeah, just delighted to, to to be going into that league because a couple of years ago, I was you know I would sit and watch it on the TV and just think you know I'd love to play there one day, and then obviously like two years two years later, I actually am going into that league. Um, it will definitely be tough. I've, I've spoke to a lot of boys that have, have played at that level before in their career, and they've all they've all said the same about it. It's a, a tough and relentless league. Um, it's, it's certainly not going to be easy. We kind of got a little taste of it against Birmingham this season. Mm, yeah. Um, but again, it's it's probably not the same. It's just a, that's that was a cup game, so league games are a lot different. If that makes sense. Um, but it, it was good to get that challenge just to see roughly where we were at. Um, but um, to be fair, I'm quietly confident with if we can we can keep all the all the boys um, that we've got this season. Um, we've got some really good young players that I think could could play in the championship. Um, so yeah, just really looking forward to it. And just you, you, as a footballer, you want to test yourself, and you want, want to test yourself even at the higher level. The, the Premier League's the pinnacle. So if you want to get there, you then you have to do it at this level as well. So um, I think we're all really looking forward to it um, can't, get, can't wait to get back and can get going yeah and just on that Birmingham game well the two Birmingham games was it was it noticeable that they were championship standard or or did you sort of feel pretty comfortable against Birmingham because I think we, we played pretty well in, in both legs didn't we really yeah yeah we played really well um, I think I think we were comfortable in, in, the, in the game well I, I, I missed the second leg uh, but in the first leg I, I thought we were we were comfortable in the game but you you did. You did notice a difference. Um, they're just, yeah. It's just more physical, bigger, bigger, stronger, quicker sort of thing. Mm. Um, but I didn't think, I didn't think at any stage we were out of depth at all. I thought we all, as a group of players, we all looked pretty comfortable. Even even looking at the game back, it was um, we looked pretty comfortable in that game, and we probably should have won it. Um, yeah, definitely. If Callan had his boots on the right feet. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we got a lot of confidence from that game because, like the, Birmingham, just in general in that league, they're a big physical team in the championship. Yeah, um, and they make it they make it really hard for teams. So I think I think we got a lot of confidence from that. Um, but I th- I, yeah, I thought I thought we were, we were pretty comfortable even in the second leg. I watched the second leg as well. I thought we were, played some brilliant football that night as well. Um, but I think the difference with the championship is like. Probably the second leg is a perfect example. It's um, you can play really well in the game, but they'll still, if they get a chance, they'll, they'll take it. Um, mm. That's the sort of difference. Maybe in League One, they probably won't um, take. You know, you know, be clear cut straight away. Um, so I think if we going in the championship, I think personally, if we if if we get two or three chances, you need to take them um, because the other team will certainly do it. Mm. And Michael, we spoke at the start of the podcast around the Portsmouth match, um, but I thought I'd just give you a chance to sort of you know, share with our listeners and, and obviously the Sky Blues fans, just sort of how important were they this season? And, and you mentioned how you could hear them, but yeah, is there any message you've got for, for those that travel home and away? Yeah, no, just obviously, just thanks for the support, really. Um, it's like, it doesn't go, you know, underappreciated from any of the boys. Um, knowing, knowing that they're, they need to travel every single week, home and away. Like we appreciate it so much. It's like, because you, you know, you know, we know how how difficult that can be. Um, you know, like with money and, and that sort of thing, especially when your team's not even playing in, in you know the city where you're from, sort of thing. Um, so like now we've got. To be fair, I think all the boys love our fans. To be honest, they buzz off them. Yeah, away from home, they're like singing the whole game, no matter what's going on, and. Um, they're, yeah, they're just they're they're brilliant to be honest. I think, I think especially at home. I think when like you've, we had what was I think it was on average six and seven thousand. Yeah. Um, coming 
to Birmingham every week. So like to us, that was that was brilliant for us. Um, just knowing that we had that that support um, traveling away to our home games, um, it, it just gave us. It just made. I think it just made us more hungry as well. That we just wanted to wanted to just send them home happy because what all the all the stuff that's going on that we can't control. Yeah. The least the least thing we can do is just at least send them home happy and give them results and give them something to shout about. So I think me and all the boys will will say the same. We're, I think we're all delighted that we can give all them give them all something to shout about and, and be proud of. Um, because it's it's not obviously being easy for them. But like for the circle like just even now, like the circumstances and what the the the, the way they're traveling their numbers and stuff, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, you, you, you certainly did that this season. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people would agree that it's been, you know, just such a thrilling season and, and the confidence was at such an all high, um, even the fans and, and that felt like it carried on to the pitch. And, yeah. we, you know, we could we could go on all night, I expect, reliving the memories um, of just such an unbelievable season. But we just want to say on behalf of the Coventry City fans um, and the Sky Blues Extra listeners that we thank you for coming on to the show tonight. Um, but mainly just a massive congratulations on winning the league. Um, it was such a pleasure to watch the team this season and particularly your passionate performances wearing the Sky Blue shirt. No worries. Thanks. I appreciate it a lot. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, we appreciate all the support. Um, it just shows you that Coventry is a proper football club um, going in the right direction. So hopefully we can keep taking it uh, forward. Listeners, don't forget to like, share and comment on our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook pages. You just need to use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please do review them on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans